Morning, morning. What morning. are we talking about today? What have you got for me today? <laughs> How are you going to entertain me for the next half an hour? I know, exactly. So we're going to be talking about awards again, which is always one of the great topics. Um, yeah. Just And more, I guess, generally talking about the importance of being involved in the industry, especially in these disjointed times where half the country's working, half the country isn't. Yes, it's, uh, and, quite and we don't nice know which half. <laughs> yeah, we don't, we don't know where we are quite yet. <laughs> the awards have been quite important I think through the year and we've got our we had our Colour World Colour Genius Awards earlier this year we which did. was a great success we've had the Precision Cutting Championships which mm-hmm. was done online and we are awaiting the final announcements for the Big One Trophy Yay. which is Tribute Magazine's awards so today we've got um, some Paul Mitchell folk f- um, who have obviously sponsored us and supported us with the Big they One they have yes and um, the Colour Genius Awards they were sponsors for as well so they're quite awards Oh, minded. absolutely, yeah. So they are. So we've got Vicky Pantin and Luke Dawson-Brown. Oh, very um, exciting. Good. Well, get the kettle on and let's hope they turn up soon. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the Respectfully podcast. I'm Lauren Stone. And I'm Nikki Pope. So we've got Vicky Pantin, who's the Salon Success Sales and Technical Education Consultant, and Luke Dawson-Brown, who is a sales technical sales and technical education consultant manager so welcome guys thanks for joining us thank you thank you for having us no pleasure nice (laughs) to see you nice to see you so luke your business card must be really long that's quite a job title it really is Oh, it is. It's a long one. <laughs> so, so what? Just give us a quick um, couple of phrases about what does that mean? What do you actually sort of do on a day-to-day basis? Because you are a hairdresser or a colourist or, or both. What? Yeah. So, um, as part of our role, so we are within Salon Success and for Paul Mitchell, we focus. We are a full service support company. So, salons that use our brands. We help support those with sales, education and technical, hence the long job title. So it's a little bit of an all-rounder, so we help salons <laughs> with yeah, a little bit of everything. So our main, in our territories, what we cover, because there is currently seven others across the UK, so on our individual territories, we will support our salons from a sales perspective, education on support with new brands and launches and then because myself and Vicky and the majority of the team are hairdressers and we come from a salon background we help to support from a technical aspect yeah brilliant so Vicky nice to see you and nice to hear you for our listeners so how's this year been obviously it's got to have been different from previous years in the kind of support that you were able to give people and, and what people were looking for what would be the sort of headline differences for you this year well yeah i mean wow it has certainly been quite a different year for us um across the board but one of the main things that we've seen really um kind of resonating through the industry is that move towards digital so where we have all maybe had that little bit of extra time where we weren't able to be at work or the way we're working now in salons it is so different where we're maybe on split shifts there's less of us in the salon we have a little bit of extra time in between appointments there's that little bit more you know a bit more time to focus and look on your phone and grab a quick 15 20 minute download Mm -hmm. from your favorite hairdresser that 
you you know you maybe didn't connect with them before because they were based in London and you live in Scotland so there's definitely been a lot of change but I feel that some of it is quite good change because we've been able to really connect with people that perhaps before we wouldn't have had that connection yeah. um and then from us from our job role that Luke was sort of explaining for us again it's just that digital kind of connection with our salons that we're supporting them as much as possible digitally um, because again just keeping everybody safe um working a little bit differently and actually we found it's been working really really well you know we can kind of work more flexible hours because we're not driving halfway across the country Mm-hmm. No, it's actually been really, really quite fun and a, quite a good learning curve, I think, for myself, definitely, and for Luke. We yeah, we yeah. maybe weren't as technically minded before, so it's been quite oh, fun. Oh, no. Well, <laughs> join, join the club. <laughs> and then we've all had to do a crash course in TikTok and WhatsApp and Zoom and Teams and goodness knows what else. So everyone's got their preferences. It's good, to, it's good to hear a kind of positive spin on things that have come out of lockdown as well, because I think, like you're saying, even though you're you know not physically there to see those people, maybe you're actually seeing more people because you're not having to travel and you're you can kind of connect with more is what you're saying yeah definitely yeah so so Luke when you referenced that you had all come from a salon background um so obviously I don't know how long it is since you guys worked in the salon but when you were training was there that connectivity that there is now you know people using Instagram and sharing online it's because it's, it's really exploded almost in the last I don't know a couple of years in in particular I feel when I started out in the industry it was 17 years ago now so it was pre-internet pre any social media platforms it was textbook learning so it was very much a case of theory textbook and then practical in the salon and it was really learning and developing from those other stylists but it was very much in your local area in your little pool where now I feel if learning in today's current climate like Vicky's just said you know you can reach out to so many people so you can access stylists you can access digital content from all over the country and all over the world you're not just in your pardon the saying your little bubble of your yeah. area anymore and yeah. yeah. um, so I think that had it been 17 years ago I feel I may have been a completely different stylist because I would have had so many more inputs to yeah. my creativity to my learning process to my visions so I think it's a a a massive benefit for anyone starting out in the industry still in the industry has been in the industry for a long time Mm -hmm. just to sort of refresh rehone and just to connect with all the hairdressers because especially now you know it is because we are more isolated Mm. it's such a good place to connect and you know I feel for me as a hairdresser, we are definitely sociable creatures. Yeah, we yeah. thrive with people, and that's what I'm really missing out on at the moment. So, yeah. I feel that if you've got that online presence which, and that which online community, which I think is amazing. I think the only thing, the only thing I would say though is just that in the past when we didn't have that connectivity, you relied on your sort of salon owner or your team leaders, mm-hmm. um, and then the brands started really stepping up with sort of support in that way. And I think now. The world literally is open, but there is so much out there that it's still important for your team leaders, salon owners and your brands to help direct people 
to the stuff that's relevant to them or, or good. Yeah, 100%. And I feel, you know, in your area, and we speak very much within our daily job roles, that salons want to know about trends, about techniques, about what's new. Mm -hmm. And like you've just said, Nikki, there is so much content out there that I think you need to... It took me a while. It took me, I'd say, probably a good five, six years once I qualified to really hone my niche of what hair I wanted to create and what type of clientele I wanted to build because you know you can look through a social media feed and if it is all over the place how do you know that that certain salon or that stylist is going to be the one for you because they're doing a little bit of everything yeah so I think you know if someone's specifically looking through a certain type of hair if it has that constant message through it's finding what is right for you as your stylist, the work that you want to create and the aesthetic that you want to build mm-hmm. for yourself and mm-hmm. your team and your salon. Do you think it's interesting, so Vicky, let's come to you, do you think it's interesting for people to do awards and competitions to extend themselves or to show off what they can already do? What, what's your take on So, I mean, coming from, coming from a salon background as well myself, I think depending perhaps what area you are and what type of salon you are, I know for me in the salon that I was quite often finding that I would be doing a lot of the same work. So let's just say balayage, (laughs) you know, that would be all I was doing all day, every day, which is really great. But then that's not all that I would be able to do. So when you get to enter a competition, it's like you get all that creativity your brain is literally i sometimes like is my brain going to explode i have to get this <laughs> out and put it somewhere yeah. and that's what i think competition gives us and that chance to kind of get all that crazy that's going on inside your head put it into that beautiful art form get some great pictures and it's such a good way of connecting you know as a team if you're doing something collectively as a team collection but also individually because you know we I feel like as hairdressers we always we're not necessarily doing it to win with you know the win is nice but sometimes we're just doing it for ourselves you know how far can we push ourselves and take ourselves to that next level so I feel for me competition is just that area that you you can just push yourself and perhaps step out of that comfort salon zone where you know a lot of our clients maybe they are wanting a low maintenance look but in our head, we want to do something that's half pink and half green. So we get to kind of, you know, we get to kind of play a little bit more Experiment. when we come to competition. Yeah. Yeah, that's so it's a really good point about, um, not it's not just about the winning, winning, is it? It's about kind of finding more about yourself and what you like doing. And because I think as well, when you're actually in that atmosphere and you're taking inspiration from other people, it's the whole thing, isn't it? Just taking part and just meeting the different people and getting involved. And it's the whole aspect of it. It's the coming down to planning maybe makeup, looking at the clothing, working Mm -hmm. with a photographer and understanding how light is going to play a role in your end finished result. And these are all skills that you can then take back into your salon and you can use that skill to improve the pictures that you're putting up on Instagram to learn how to kind of edit perhaps a picture in the end result. So it's just kind of like an all rounder, quite a nice way to challenge yourself yeah yeah definitely how do, how have you made like your online kind of offerings through like Paul Mitchell for example how have you made them more engaging and because kind of, it's it's hard I guess in some ways for people to 
I think when you come face to face, especially with education, you you can feel the texture, you know, you can get up close and personal with the stylist that's teaching you and see the hair looks. How have you kind of brought that to life through online? Um, so I would say from from like my point of view, the little things we've been doing, we're so fortunate working with Paul Mitchell firstly. Paul Mitchell have always been, um, as a philosophy, education first. It's always yeah. been that hairdresser helping hairdressers, um, that hairdresser behind the bottle. So really we've just been trying to kind of bring that into our educations and use different kind of tools pre-sending stuff out to salons so that we can kind of um work alongside each other so we're still getting that connection let's say we were doing some formulations maybe we've got some swatches that we're coloring along with the salon at the same time so we can really get that bit of interaction going it you know it is completely different it is a challenge we are learning every single day and you know trying to see what what is working and what's not working but definitely that sort of added personal touch and, and preparation <laughs> you know yeah good good preparation for all of this stuff is key yeah. <laughs> with your salons that you have contact with what are the key concerns um from your clients about education and going forward are you get uh, are people focused on that or is it just like actually we've got too much else to worry about with covid you know what has been the primary things you're being asked or or supporting with yeah well so back in july when salons reopened the main focus for them was obviously to service their clients to get through the backlog to figure out a new way of working in the salon like vicky touched on earlier different shifts number of people that can be in a a square space per time and then our role and what I did personally was just make contact with them via phone and then through Instagram and social channels just to let them know that I was back we were working we were here to support them to reach out if they needed anything we understand that they're in very much a new way of working like we all are we're adapting day Mm -hmm. by day as we go then after a couple of months, so I'd say probably more like late August, early September, I started to make a, get a few more contact with wanting to have an update, have a Zoom, have a WebEx, like a virtual education. JPMS as a brand were really good at the beginning of lockdown. So they had so many platforms for each individual user that could gain online digital content yeah yeah and are people still open to training or is that just like at the moment we're sort of fighting fire trying to keep the businesses going do you think or do you think that 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 sort of doesn't never stops people are still looking to get training for their teams or for themselves yeah i i would say i could only talk personally from my territory that i look after i would say it was a 50 50 split some salons i think are still very worried about um, their business others who are say stronger they are wanting to now start to c- continue to develop the team my area at the moment because I am northwest so it's oh, very much ouch. I oh. look after north wales and the northwest we did see a lot of people trying to sort of make the best of the time at home and, mm. and sharing and being creative are you do you think we're going to get that this second time or do you think it's just like whoa now it's just too too scary 
it's hard, I, isn't I it? I think, yeah, it's difficult because I think now there's so many, you know, there's areas because even though where I'm situated, it's tier three. Yeah. Under the local government guidelines, they can then um, establish what businesses can stay open. So currently in my area, gyms are closed, but salons, beauty salons and barbershops can remain open. Oh, so right. I think it's very yeah. So that's Merseyside, right. but then like with North Wales, which is part of my territory, they are all closing on Friday for two weeks. So I think it's just so like confusing for yeah. everyone yeah. at the moment. So on, so on a more upbeat note, <laughs> um, so so the awards. So Vicky, you judged certainly. Um, I know you judged the Colour World Awards and the Big One Trophy as well, and and maybe you've been involved in other competitions and things. Where do you think that we are sort of with colour work and technical, you know, interest? Again, I feel as though in the last couple of years, colour's just exploded. The kinds of products that are being out there, the innovations in what colour work can do, the appetite of the consumer, um, it's just, you know, there's so much out there. Are we getting it? Is it good work or is it just all just <laughs> too much? Um, I... You know, that's like a 50-50 split, honestly. Um, we, we have... There's so much out there that, again, it's kind of um, dialing it back in and making it feasible because what the internet has done... You know, we always joked and said, gosh, if only Instagram was just for hairdressers. You know, yeah. everyone has access to this same information so whilst that is amazing, that also means that your client, your guest, is getting to see all these different stylists work mm-hmm. and they don't necessarily have that background in hairdressing. So, you know, they're coming into the salon with perhaps expect, um, expectations that far yeah, exceed, mm-hmm. you know, far exceed what we're actually able to deliver. Mm-hmm. So... You know, I think we're seeing some really amazing colour work at the minute. I mean, my my Instagram feed is full of insanely good colour work, you know, yeah. and it's very, very varied. But there is still, depending area-wise where you live, there is still that massive request for those more lower maintenance um, balayages and stuff like that. But, you know, economically... I possibly would argue that that is, you know, perhaps a little bit of a sign of the times where people want to have a little bit of a lower maintenance colour that they can, you know... Well, everything's so uncertain, isn't it? You don't know when you're going to get to the salon next. You want to be able to, you know, you don't want your roots. (laughs) You you definitely don't want hellish roots. But then on the flip side... (laughs) And then on the flip side, you have this Zoom kind of revolution that's come through where people aren't going into the office so no, exactly. you know they're like do you know what actually why not go blue i'm gonna just yeah. do it this time because yeah <laughs> you know i'm gonna turn the camera off on zoom and just voice call in so my boss doesn't know that i've dyed my hair bright blue so right. i think i think there's like literally the complete polar opposites going on in salons at the minute but you know generally the work i'm seeing is absolutely beautiful um you know stunning stunning work yeah. out do you there. think do you think there's um you know clients as well they're kind of a bit fed up and a bit bored and i think sometimes expressing yourself through your hair and your hair color kind of lightens your mood and so maybe people are becoming a bit more experimental do you think yeah i mean it's that old saying of if somebody walked into the room wearing a bright red coat 
you would yeah. maybe have a very different reaction to them than somebody who kind of sauntered in in a black coat you know yeah. color emotes a feeling from it people. really does doesn't it yeah so being able to translate that into your work and into your hair color it certainly does build that bit of confidence you know mm. changing your hair color it can be that boost that you need and actually yeah. hair cutting maybe at the minute is not necessarily as crazy with the hair cutting it's a lot of kind of um you know blunt one length kind of yeah. mid-length yeah. hair so actually that colors where people get to play and have a lot more fun which yeah which i quite enjoy <laughs> yeah absolutely I think it's interesting, isn't it? So I've, I've been hairdressing for so, no, 20, wait, a long time, 20-something <laughs> years. And I think rather than now, what I love is that rather than just having a trophy, you know, for, for you know, best the colourist of the year, we're now having, you know, um, in the Colour Genius Awards, you know, the one f- for, you know, very bold colour or, or for client, best client colour, you know, colour correction, colour innovation, recognising techniques, which I think, you know, just didn't happen. 20 years ago and I think now the interest in colour the, the standard of colouring and the resources that are out there make it possible yeah. to have these sort of six or seven different categories but what always interests me is which one somebody chooses to enter um, I don't know if you if you clocked that Vicky but on the yeah. Colour Genius Awards that sometimes you'd see a colour and you'd think but that should be in a different category I think as well what's so good about that is because you can have um like, I think it's the up-and-coming one, which is under 30. Yeah. You know, you've got that... You can have that raw, flair talent mm-hmm. at that yeah. age. You just might not necessarily know how to hone it in the mm-hmm. way, the direction that you want to. So then that would be, for me, a, like a conversation within the team. Mm-hmm. Sort of see how I develop that so you're not pinballing all over the place with your ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Take yeah. what your strength is and really hone it. And then you've got the more... the more experienced senior members of the team who have then probably gone through the motions of events and awards and competitions and they are skilled in, like Vicky was saying earlier, the full practice yeah. of an image yeah. to enter a competition. You know, I when I first started out, I entered a competition. I did the hair, the makeup, I got the outfit from a charity shop and I photographed it myself. and I didn't get through the first round and I completely understand now because I've done a few more since that it is the whole package of that image it's got to be the hair has to be the focus but as we know within our industry hair complements makeup makeup complements hair Mm -hmm. both of those complement fashion so when you take the image it is all about creating that whole look for the hair not just the hair I think more times than not the the hair work could be really good, but something else dis- detracts from it. So Completely. often a photograph of a hair look, you know, won't perhaps make it to the next round because of the styling or the lighting or, you know, the, the choice of, you know, makeup technique or, or something that just didn't gel. So, yeah, mm. I think it is, that's a really hard skill to get, isn't it, to, to see the whole image? Because I think as a hairdresser, yeah. you're looking at the, the hair, mm. you know. Yeah, it is. And that's why I think it's so... Like, the the later competitions that I entered, what I got further in, I was lucky enough because then a friend of the friend was a photographer yeah. in Liverpool. Ah, okay. So then 
hate coming together and then I had makeup artist friends so as I got a bit older and grew my like social circles um, I then met more people to collaborate with and mm-hmm. I think that's really important when you are thinking of entering competitions and awards as well mm-hmm. try and pull the strengths from those different people because what you see and what you miss yeah. that other person could pick up on or pick out yeah, 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 definitely. I think um, I would always go with my photographer, for example. So I'd, when we did um, castings for big shoots, I would, as, as, a, as a magazine editor, insist that the photographer was present because if the, photogra- mm. if the photographer doesn't see something in the model that you're casting you might as well all go home you know he yeah. it's i've seen hairdressers say oh i really want that model that hair's amazing i can do this and this but if the photographer's pulling a face you're thinking eh, it's not mm. you're actually very unlikely to end up with a stunning image definitely very <laughs> interesting gosh thank you very much yeah I think thanks that's guys probably our time is up lauren so it's been really nice <laughs> go so quickly i know <laughs> <laughs> there's more to say oh gosh I was just it's just so lovely um hearing your accent uh, Luke and chatting about Liverpool it was just <laughs> I think if I was a hairdresser I'd want to be in Liverpool apart from the fact that you are now in tier three yeah. which is yeah. horrendous yeah I think that, you know it's such a vibrant city in the city you know I know it's been the city of culture in the past and I think that you know as far as sort of whether it's students or young people or the music scene or whatever I just think it must be an absolutely brilliant um source of inspiration and and so i just want to go and have a look around luke's house with his amazing walk oh thank you so much well thank you yeah thanks Thanks, vicky and thanks luke it was really oh no thank you for having us yeah Yeah, thank you for having us both (laughs) that's all right and watch this space everybody listening because the big one trophy finals um taking place in mid-november so keep an eye on the socials for all the news from that yeah absolutely Thank you to our guests, Vicky and Luke, for joining us for a conversation about awards and connectivity and the community spirit of hairdressing, which is oh so important to keep going throughout the winter. Definitely. If you have enjoyed this conversation, please don't forget to rate and review us on the charts or wherever you download your podcast, as it helps drive us up the ratings and we can gather more visibility and publicity for the Respectfully podcast. Thanks for joining us, guys. Bye. Bye.